Genre. to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one surprisingly studly minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. <laughs> I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> and I'm Jay Malone from Geek by Night. Welcome back, Jay. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming, man. Uh, today we're talking about Minute 19, which begins with uh, our hero Peter Parker reaching for his glasses and ends with uh, sighting of Mary Jane out of his window. Um, Guys, I love this minute. I uh-huh. it's it's just it, it's everything about the tone of the Raimi Spider-Man movies is is like crystallized here in this minute. Mm-hmm. It, you could you could do so many versions of discovering your superpowers or discovering that like something's different about you in like a cynical way or a corny way or like a a dark way or like a body horror way. This is just like it's that type of earnest sincerity we've been talking about from the last couple of weeks on this podcast and i i love it i just it's so honest um it's such guys, a wholesome yeah, just it's, it's, wholesome. it's one of those scenes where it's like if if you could give a scene a hug this would be the one because it's just like yes this is what should happen this, uh-huh. is, this is exactly yeah. how peter should react this is superhero yeah. dumb yeah, yeah. well we, and, it, yeah. and it adds to uh what will be his downfall yeah. Later on, yep. which is that he's accepting this power and not any of the responsibility because exactly. he's just like, he's not looking a gift horse in the mouth. He's just like, he's just like, All yeah, right. great. Yeah, totally. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'll roll with this. This <laughs> okay. is awesome. Okay. Um, um, to the point where there's actually an, an, an additional bit in this that is mm-hmm. in neither script. Oh. Um, in both scripts. It has the thing where Aunt May says, Peter, any change? And he he says, change? Yes, big change. He says it in both scripts. But in neither time is it a dick joke. <laughs> in neither script. That look, that that not so subtle look down is completely just the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. And it's also the strength of Tobey Maguire that like, if you are going to do the dick joke and you are going to end with staring out your window at the, like the girl who lives next door, that it, it doesn't lean too far on creepy gross. Like it's so, uh-huh. it would be so easy to make this a little too creepy, gross, indulgent, strange, but he's just so like Jay said, he's so wholesome. Look at his face. Right. Look at his wholesome little face. Uh, before right. we get too deep into the implications of, you know, uh, you know, structure-wise and storytelling-wise, I do just want to point out my favorite thing about this scene, which is well, just... Well, hold on. Okay, I also, right. I, 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 okay. I wasn't, I was going to come back around with everything. All right, all right, um, all right. Yeah. But, but the, uh, the, the dick joke, yeah. the thing that I think 
what makes me laugh the most about it is uh-huh. that it's sort of a metaphor for Peter being too big for his britches. <laughs> <laughs> Which is his ultimate downfall. So <laughs> I kind of love, I love that stupid joke, like that is, for multiple reasons. That's really appropriate. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's in its inappropriateness. It's very appropriate. Uh, right. I, just wanted, yeah. I just wanted to start off by at least mentioning the the absurdity of filmmaking. And, and the thing that hits me in the absurdity of filmmaking, just generally day to day in this sequence is mm. like I, I talked about on uh, one of our preview episodes, how, Literally, I think about this scene all the time, and any time that I personally suit up as Spider-Man because I have to put my contacts in, because obviously you can't wear glasses under the suit, every time I do that, as soon as I put my contacts in, I will take at least one moment to do the little moment with my glasses in the mirror. We're like, oh, my vision's oh, yeah. I, I, I can't help but do it. And this time... I, I, it's the same for me, and yeah. I, I don't have a Spider-Man costume anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Or just simply had to... I don't know if you have like legitimate reasons it's, to wear contacts. It's, yeah. it's sort of like, uh, you know, when you go to the grocery store and the automatic doors and you act like you, you have act a like force. you're a Jedi, exactly. You, you yeah. like subtly yeah. do it where it's you're just like, like <laughs> I'm just going to put my hand, nobody yeah. can see me, but I know, I know my oh, secret. Oh, I don't even... I don't <laughs> even pretend i don't go into the nobody can see me zone like i like full-on stick my hand straight out like splay my fingers like go like <laughs> it yeah it annoys my girlfriends every once in a while but it's still weird anyway th- the first <laughs> time for tonight watching this scene um is the first time i've noticed how crazy the in-camera setup must have been on the day to achieve this effect so obviously yes he raises his 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 glasses it's blurry he lowers them it's clear and it's just a simple rack focus, obviously, from the glasses mm-hmm. to the, the image in the mirror. That's, that's easy enough. But then you have to stop for a second and think. We're not literally looking through the head of Tobey Maguire here. Mm-hmm. The camera recording this is not his eyes. So right. we have to have, the way that you always cheat this in a film when somebody's looking in a mirror, is that you place the camera and crew just to the left of, or right, depending on the shot, just to the side of your actor and have the actor look in down the barrel of the camera through the reflection. That much is fine. What I love is that if, on the day, there had to be probably the second AC or somebody because the first AC is going to be doing this rack focused and working on that. Maybe the camera operator is doing something else, but there has to be somebody, probably the second AC, who during this movement is holding up a separate pair of glasses in front of the camera not, lens. Not only, not lo- <laughs> let me go one step further. Yeah, not yeah. only a separate set of glasses, because if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you can see the hand. It's just glasses. It's yeah. just glasses. Yeah. Not, yeah. not only is it a, a second pair of glasses, it would have to be an oversized an pair oversized of glasses. An oversized pair of glasses. <laughs> they would have to be like really ridiculously big, goofy, <laughs> like huge <laughs> Like something that would be in Pee Wee's Playhouse, and he's just like, <laughs> just like staring intently at Toby's hands, matching the movement right. up and back down. And he has to do it twice because he, he does it once, and then Toby thinks for a second time, and he's got a little bob. I love how silly that is, how silly yeah. that has to be, and it is one of those <laughs> things where I we talk a lot about like the weirdness of the day when you're creating something, when you're an actor or the director, or where you're an editor later coming and assembling something, just what is required of you as a person even in a scene this simple which should be like okay 
be weirded out that your glasses aren't working, think that's strange, okay, just be yourself. As, as simple a task acting-wise as you could have. The weird thing about filmmaking is you have to have that simple task along with the fact that there's at least three people standing next to you, one of them with an oversized pair of glasses trying to match <laughs> the movement of your elbow into a lens, and you're staring at them through the mirror. He's not looking at himself wondering, whoa, he is looking at these people doing this ridiculous thing, and he's still <laughs> and selling. Not laughing. Yeah. He's still selling the moment. It's so good. Oh, I love it like so it's fun. so funny, actually, when you realize that his eye line is with the camera and with the oversized goofy glass glasses lens that's being. <laughs> Uh, the, the AD or whatever is, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, bringing up and down, yeah. uh, his, his expression of like, what the hell's going on is even funnier. Right. <laughs> because he's just like, why is that person? That, what are they doing with that oversized <laughs> pair of glasses? Which could be just uh, great directing where he's like, just don't overthink this, Toby. Just like, look at, just look at Jeff or whoever and just think about right. how weird that is and just go with it. I also really want to talk about the absurdity mm. of Toby Maguire who has spent like five months or th three yeah. months, five months training yeah. for this movie, <laughs> yeah. getting into the best shape of his life. <laughs> and then he has to come on set and he basically just has to like brag in front of everyone. <laughs> like he just has to stand in front of a mirror and act like, <laughs> He's seeing his body for the first time and just being like, wow, like, this is, look how look amazing. at me. This is <laughs> Watch incredible. me flex, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like for, which, for the record, if I woke up and that is what I looked like, I would do the same exact thing for at least an hour. Oh, of course. Oh. Yeah, no. With, <laughs> yeah, in the reality of the movie, like, I wouldn't go to school this day. Like, <laughs> I would just be standing in front of the mirror staring at myself. Yeah. I'd immediately, I'd have gotten into trouble way, way quicker because I'd just start trying to lift things. And if, if, if he realized how strong he was, how strong he really is that day, oh boy, the, I would have like overturned cars. I would, like, mm -hmm. it would, the whole, I would have broken so many things. It would like, it doesn't, but it is still, it's so, it's one of the most relatable moments. It's one of the most like, bringing superherodom into your lived life experience where I just feel the empathy of, I get where that guy is coming from. 100%. Yes. I would be that vain in that moment. I oh, just for sure. Like, well, and the, and the way the scene is, the way the scene is set up too, to go back to the, the shot with the glasses, uh, yeah. the audience is already in Peter's mindset because of the glasses shot. Right. Because right. We're instantly we're like, Oh yeah, well this, we're experiencing this right with him. And yeah. the second it goes to that, it's like, yeah, of course everyone would do that. Yeah, we would all flex ridiculously and literally and be... in his POV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not it's not too they don't cheat too much in terms of like, I mean, if you were like really sharp eyed paying attention at the at the opening when he goes and grabs his glasses, you could be like, hey, that guy's got some shoulders on him. But it's so quick that really our first time really seeing Peter is we're more focusing on the glasses and the raising of them. Everything mm -hmm. is blurry. And the first time we actually see him the way he is now, it's the same time he's seeing it. So we're. Yep. Like it, it's, I mean, it's not very elaborate, but it's very effective. You know, it, like sometimes if it ain't broke, you don't have to fix it. Like, oh, what's the best way to get us in the character's point of view right now? Just put us in their POV. Like have us yeah. see what they mm -hmm. see and then reveal things to us at the same time they're revealed to them. And it, right. it just works like gangbusters. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> what, yeah. what a performance.
Uh, uh, the the uh, the other thing too, I gotta you know credit where credits due. I mean, we we live in a world now where anyone who plays a superhero, mm-hmm. their training regimen is in like obscenely ridiculous. Like, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, Hugh Jackman talks about like how he's mainly retiring from Wolverine. So he never has to wake up at 3am to eat a whole chicken ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and they all talk about how, how hard it is and like how much protein they have to eat. And it's, it's like a, just an obscene amount of food and, yeah. and it's, it's more of a chore than anything else. Right. And credit where credit's due, I mean, uh, Tobey Maguire is, he's ripped in this movie. He's yeah. not, he's not big. Like he's very, no. he's a very petite guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he's absolutely like jacked as far <laughs> yeah. as, mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, being sort of like the, the best shape of his body shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, what what impresses me about the way he looks here is yeah. that he's a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't even get to do the chicken thing. Like, no, no. Like he he, yeah. he had to work his ass off to get like this because like you there's only so much protein available to you. Yeah. Um, as a as a vegetarian. And what's cr- really crazy is that he wanted to be a vegan, but couldn't. Because as long as he was making Spider-Man movies, he couldn't take that extra step. Yeah, because he needed at least like what whey protein or milk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He needed he needed some dairy in his diet in order to get this going. Because yeah. it's like one of the only forms of protein that he could get. It was like <laughs> yeah. it was like nuts, <laughs> beans, and this. And he can't eat too much beans because that's too many carbs. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just like his diet was very specific yeah. and he wasn't able to be a vegan until he wrapped on Spider-Man three and was like, well, I don't think I'm doing another one of those again. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and also credit where it's due that obviously he's insanely fit, but in the, in the moments where it's Peter, you know, wearing a shirt or whatever and looking around awkwardly, he's, he doesn't look like a linebacker hidden away in, you know, a, a right. nerd clothing. He still looks like a nerd, but the type mm-hmm. of nerd where you're like you're at a pool party and that dude like like gets ready to jump in and you're like what the heck man like what <laughs> yeah. what have you been doing oh I rock climb a lot okay cool like that <laughs> <laughs> he's that kind of nerd. he sells he rides that line really well and I um not to not to talk too much about like future movies as well but uh like uh Andrew Garfield hit a similar uh zone as well but it's a little trickier because he's taller and thinner mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. um than toby mcguire is so he kind of hit a, a a perfect like um balance of compact frame but uh, you know enough muscle on it that you're kind of taken aback in the mirror moment uh mm-hmm. it, it's you, you know like I, I remember reading an interview with andrew garfield where he's talking about like where he like uh they they looked into it or checked and he did like gain as much muscle mass as toby did for the first movie but he, it was stretched out along a longer frame, and he was like, "I didn't look as big. <laughs> like I need to like <laughs> amp it up for the second one." And I like just that that whole second aspect of of your job when you would think like a, a lot of your job, if you're an actor, has to be like, okay, focusing on my character and learning my 
the ins and outs of my script and how I relate to whatever and like keeping track of my emotional journey when we're filming things out of order and all that. But also like, and if you're the main character, you're going to be on set 12 hours a day minimum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on top of that to have like the second job of, oh yeah, be as close to Olympic athlete shape as you possibly can be right now for this entire shoot. That'd be great too. Like that <laughs> is so much work and he doesn't look overworked or freaked out or stressed. He just looks like a kid who woke up and had this magical thing happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right there with him. Um, way to go, Toby. I <laughs> just, uh, just a lot of respect in this moment. Uh, uh, and then uh, we come to the realization that not only is he next, he lived next door to Mary Jane Watson, uh, mm. but his window to his bedroom and her window to her bedroom are like, like six it, feet apart from each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like and, way uh, less than a stone's ma- throw. Makes me, yeah. It makes me a little uncomfortable. I know if I was Mary Jane, I would be like, can I like <laughs> move to the room on the other side or like maybe with to the back of the house or something? Yeah, or have some like better curtains for this. Or maybe she won't have any yeah. sunlight in a room that way. But yeah, it's it's just on the edge of ridiculous. It, they're yeah. so mm-hmm. close. They're so close. But it, it allows it to have that frame. I'm sure whenever they're making these interior sets, because I'm almost 100% sure in this shot, Percent certain this shot is an interior uh, set on a soundstage looking through a window to another interior set on a soundstage. I, I can right. only imagine like in the the process of talking it out, Sam was there like with his viewfinder or whatever, like setting up the shot and being like, no, I just really want to be able to see this amount of the window in the frame. And they're like, okay, we'll just move them closer. Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's in New York. So yeah, yeah Queens is right limited. Yeah. Right. There's limited space in New York. Like alleyways yeah. are are like as wide as like a person's laying down. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's just the opposite of like normal like television set construction where it's like this kitchen is enormous because we need room <laughs> for all the camera it, and it, we need every conceivable area where we could put a camera for there to be room. So you end up with people having these like apartments that are tons and tons and tons of square footage we're like why is everything mm-hmm. so far apart so we can put stuff crew in there uh but this is just like right. really cramped <laughs> really really yep. yeah really close and cramped and awkward and you um, know that that uh you can see her closet but you can't see any walls so you just know that that's just like a prop closet like on a movable <laughs> wall <Yeah>. and then <laughs> like a chair and that's it because they only leave that little crevice open yeah. through the yeah. curtains so yeah that's not a full set that's yeah. she's she right now she's acting like she's looking at a mirror but what she's really doing is just looking at a crew of people staring back at her <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this is the like guys Great we, have job, eighth, Kirsten. we have an eighth and a page of coverage on Kirsten for can we get that before lunch yeah we'll shove it in between <laughs> this and that yeah sure yeah we'll yeah we'll get that somewhere <laughs> exactly you're, you're doing great yeah just keep moving all right so uh so so jay um <clears throat> feels like this is a good minute for you to talk about uh your feelings on toby mcguire so so toby is um toby is spider-man to me like, mm-hmm. like he, he is mm-hmm. peter parker he is spider-man 100 it's no knock mm-hmm. against andrew garfield sure um or tom holland uh-huh. uh I, I just to, Toby's who I think of, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's from you know the the films and uh, the the video game that was out on the PS2, I think, that I just yes. poured hundreds of hours into. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
But are you talking know. about uh, are you talking about the Spider Man Two game, the yeah. open world one? Spider Man, the so, open yeah. world one, because there's the like more on narrative rails one, which is kind of like a reskinning of that's the, the PlayStation that's one. The, right, yeah. that's the one for this one. Um, yeah, yeah, the original Spider Man game, which. I played a lot and my yeah. favorite thing about that game is that you can literally so you're like web slinging cuz it's like sort of open world but not, not, really. not like not yeah, in yeah. the way that Spider-Man 2 was but right. it so you're like web slinging around the city and you can web sling higher and higher and higher and eventually you're web slinging so high that you're actually like a, a, a hundred feet above the city. And yeah. you're just like, what, what am I connect? What am I web slinging to the clouds? You're like, just sky hooking. Yeah. You're just sky yeah. hooking all day. Um, and it's just, it's one of my favorite, like stupid <laughs> video game design things that yeah. I love that they fixed yeah. for Spider-Man too. But for the first game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he did, was, he did all the voice acting in both of those games. Uh, yeah. Or he probably All did on three, Spider right? Probably on three. I never got a chance to play it because my um, computer didn't. It doesn't matter. But so Jay, you you heard his voice for so many hours. Is that what you what you mean? Like yeah, this for, was yeah for yeah hours upon hours. You know, just you know, it was that that came out when I was in uh, right after I'd gotten married, and it was just right. you know, I was like able to rent one. it from the blockbuster down the street, and it sure. was you know something that we you know played regularly. Uh, but it was wonderful, you know, and it was just one of those things. It was kind of those. Those those touchstone moments where it's you know exactly. like um, Grant Gustin as the Flash to me is huh. that's Barry sure you know, that's mm-hmm. that that's yeah. who it is and when I think of Spider Man I think of Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. um, and it's and, really interesting because in both cases neither actor like in both cases both actors are just sort of being themselves in the role. They're not <laughs> yeah. really right. playing the character from the comics. Right. Right. Really. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, a- you're, you're totally right. They're so iconic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like in that role that they just, they become that role becomes them. Yes. Yeah. With, That's with, the lens with, you see the character through later. Yeah. yeah the, right. the, the thing I love about Tobey Maguire's performance and the reason that I love him so much as Spider-Man is that he is so, damn sincere with everything he does like you yeah. watch him act and you 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 he he is spider-man you believe that he believes he is spider-man in this moment yeah mm-hmm. and there's there's never a missed beat it's never something where it's okay well that's kind of phoned in it's it's definitely that you know he is peter parker and he's delivering the performance of his life yeah and uh like, like that the start where he he's like that's weird i mean that's <laughs> yeah. That's it. That that's exactly how you should react. This shouldn't be. Well, that's weird. You know, there, there's the delivery right. is so earnest and so sincere, and it's just you, you watch it and you're just absorbed by the characterization and the way he plays him, and that that's all it takes. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a type of acting that's not often lauded or you know like championed so often, but it is one of the harder things to do. We we like to like talk a lot about like. Oh, so and so went through this enormous transformation, and like I can see the effort of their acting mm-hmm. through the transformation. So uh, now I can see that this acting was difficult for them. Ergo, he worked really hard. Ergo, good job. Wow. There is a, a reflexive like uh, tendency to think about the overt effort uh, that's mm-hmm. visible on the screen being like, oh, that's what I'll laud. But the type of quiet moments that are just sold earnestly is is one of the things that's most impressive to me impressive to me when i'm watching acting because that's hard like it's almost easier to 
to be very angry or go into a big dramatic monologue or tirade or something like that because it there's signposts and there's something to chew on and there's there's things to hold. I, I mean, I, I'm using a mixed metaphor there, but like there's things to grab onto in those. But yeah. moments when you just have to be vulnerable with pe- either people watching you or a camera a couple inches away from your face and you have to dare to have your most private, personal thoughts right mm-hmm. in front of them. That type of acting is really challenging. And he mm-hmm. is amazing at it. I... I watched some of the Cider House Rules the other night, uh, not in preparation for this, just because it was on. And it was, again, I was just struck by, like, he's so earnest. He's just so earnest that you'll, mm-hmm. you'll walk along with him. And, and it's, a, it's a, I think we should give more praise to that when it's found, because it's rare. And, and he's mm-hmm. just, he's great at it. He's I mean, that's what that's what makes, I, I would argue that he's the glue that holds together uh, Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby. Sure. Um, I didn't get around yeah, because, to it, but yeah, I would buy that. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 No, he he's great. I mean, I think it's his last role. I don't I don't know that he's been in anything since then. Yeah. Um and uh, other than I think he was in that um IFC show. Yeah, like a mini series or something. Yeah. 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 No, it was like it was like a comedy show. It was like him and Kristen Wiig. Cool. Yeah, why called. not? Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> He's gonna be the narrator in Boss Baby. Awesome. <laughs> That's weird. Or okay. has yeah. already been by the time this comes out? What does Boss Baby come out? Whatever. He's narrating. I don't know. That. Yeah. <laughs> but in, um, but, in uh, Gatsby, yeah. Yeah, in Gatsby, like that, you know, Boz Lorman is a guy that I don't normally love as a director because I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about a lot on Back to the Future Minute uh, when I was doing that show is like, the the all the performances are dialed up to 11 in that movie and and the mm. reason that it works is because Zemeckis dials back his direction right. style yeah um and so he keeps the camera angles and camera movements at like a bare minimum so mm-hmm. that all of the energy of those movies comes directly from the performance so like all right. the actors can be at 11 and it doesn't distract from anything it doesn't yeah. feel like they're going too big because the 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 filmmaking is so uh yeah. subtle whereas like and then the opposite of that edgar wright is a guy who does all kinds of crazy stuff with the camera and editing yeah. and all of his uh all of the energy from the from those movies from his movies comes from his camera work and all of that right um and that all you almost the, have to pull back as the actors in that right all yeah. the all the actors uh, they play everything really straight yeah and they don't they don't go over the top in fact everything is kind of like subtle and underplayed yeah to the point where i know a ton of people who thought that the world's end wasn't funny which is because the uh, the jokes went by so fast that they didn't even notice they were jokes right Right, where they're just um, like, well, they're watching this alcoholic movie, but man, that movie is so funny. If you go back, oh god. Oh yeah, no, it's oh. unbelievable. <laughs> it's so, um, but it's so uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but but uh, the thing that um, so so that is something that I always I I always noticed, and then with Baz Luhrmann, he does both things. Like everyone is at eleven, mm-hmm. and and he moves the camera a lot and the editing is really erratic and, and everything just feels like it's on cocaine all the Mm -hmm. time. Sure. Uh, and so he's not a guy that I normally like, there's usually just one or maybe two performances in one of his movies that I'm like, "Mm, I really like that. Like, I really like John Leguizamo in Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah. Oh God. Um, but, but, 
in Great Gatsby, Tobey Maguire being the lead and playing it in a grounded, earnest way, I feel like grounded the entire movie and makes yeah. the whole thing way more watchable than it should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well phrased. I, w- I would love to check that out. No, that sounds totally legitimate. And I, I, I believe it in a second. Um, yeah. if, if he's the spoke at the center of the, Spider web or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he makes he makes Pleasantville work for the same reason. He does. You know? Yeah. Because like, what a what a crazy. I mean, outlandish, high concept style of screenplay that has to be. I mean, Reese, Reese Witherspoon as well is is another one of those actors who just like can can pull off that earnest sincerity like nobody's business, even mm-hmm. among like cartoonish, outlandish things. Like the two right. of them anchor that great, or even like something like Legally Blonde, which is things right. are turned up a lot. But mm-hmm. I mean, Elle's a real person. She's a real like right. fully rounded. Uh, we yep. understand her psychology implicitly all the way from like her her impulses and her needs and her voice and her logical capacity and her artistic like it's all there, grounded in that. And and it you need that sort of energy to um to to structure the rest of it around. It's or otherwise you can be flailing in those weirder wilder less not i don't want to use realistic ever as much as i can because i I think that 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 word is so loaded in certain ways with so many like um uh value judgments uh, alongside with it but like if you're to to skip to skate past that if you're doing something that's inherently unrealistic it helps to have an anchoring force whether it's uh you know in your stylization or whether it's one of the characters or a certain performance style like it, it helps to have something that lets you into it and right here and in pleasantville and in gatsby apparently toby mcguire he's mm-hmm. uh he sells it man uh yeah respect to toby uh, absolutely the <laughs> only other thing i can think of right now do you guys know what poster thing he has in his room it was like a weird dragony dungeony type thing it's just all fire i, I do i did fire. research on this oh, oh, oh. So. yeah so the one, the one that is, uh, when we first start the scene and, and we, we've got the shot towards the, uh, the coat rack that's got some, there's so much flannel in this scene. First off, a lot of, um, <laughs> there, there's a shot with some, some jackets hanging over a poster. I think that is like a late nineties dungeons and dragons poster. Um, but there is, uh, the one with the fire, uh, that says invasion on it is for the magic, the gathering invasion set. Um, and, oh, wow. uh, there is uh, something on the, the, the internet wayback machine uh, that I found where uh, the, at the time, marketing director of Magic uh, was contacted by the filmmakers to have posters <laughs> and stuff for uh, Peter's room because Peter's a dork. Um, wow. Yeah. And, oh, uh, my th- God. I just I love the idea of, <laughs> of, of Peter going to Friday Night Magic. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. At, a local, at like Midtown Comics or right. something. <laughs> so he so gets yeah, his it was just, backpack it, and like goes goes down the steps of the. Oh man, sorry. Okay, go ahead, Jay. That's so. Yeah, cool. it was just it was one of those things where I was like, that that is because I saw Invasion. I was like, well, it's not Secret Invasion. That hadn't happened yet, and right, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the type of marketing Marvel would do. No, uh, right. But but yeah, I, I looked into it and I, I I dug in and and found that out. And I was like, that's really cool because it's like everything in that set is just so well placed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's circuit boards and wires hanging everywhere, and random tools and a space shuttle model. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, 
And that and th- and this is the second uh, film that I have covered in the minute to minute format uh, hmm. that features a, a a character who has a photo of Alfred Einstein on their wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's great shorthand, Scott. It's like really it really gets us into their yeah. psyche <laughs> really quick. Yeah. Also, uh, it should be it should be noted that while I don't know that we ever get like a full close up of the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wallpaper is uh, the design is little spider webs. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's little. I mean, they, it's pretty much out of focus every time I can really think of it. But uh, I love that. They and, and rightfully so. Yeah. And rightfully yeah. So. It would be yeah. a bit too much if we like panned off of like, I see the spider webs on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's not like Aunt May would pick that wallpaper. But like. Right. Distance enough. I don't know if maybe it's that sort of like red letter well, media, and, like, but your brain noticed it type of thing. Yeah. Uh, where well, it just plus, feels appropriate. Like, yeah. And, and plus that kind of deep focus would be mm. really distracting cinematically. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. when I think of, when I think of like a deep focus in a uh-huh. movie, like I think of those weird, um, I forget what that shot is called, but the, like the stuff that's like in the matrix when, when the, cops are coming up behind trinity in the opening right and right. they're in focus and she's in the she's, foreground and also in focus it's like a special kind of lens yeah that's it's like a, really, a bifocal lens but yeah because you have a really wide angle to get the, the the biggest depth as well but then there's like a secondary thing i don't know yeah. what it's called but i feel it's something I that like called. orson wells probably invented it i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. i hate it i think it's really <laughs> ugly and, and not cinematic at all because it just every time i see it it completely takes me out of the movie because i'm just like what that's not natural. Get that out of here. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Even um, in like in like once more with feeling when like Tara and Giles are singing, but they're both in focus. Like, does that like weird you I out? I don't remember what you're specifically <laughs> like, referring to. Like there's one shot when they're both singing that like refrain of like, I wish I could stay in once more with feeling because like Tara's looking out at Willow and Giles is looking out. They're in the magic shot and they're like coming down the stairs from like the restrictor side. It doesn't matter. And there's one shot in there where it just really stuck out to me like, wow, they're both in focus and she is so close to the camera. This doesn't make any sense right now. But I, 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 bet it, it. I, I bet it definitely bothers me then because I hate that <laughs> shot and everything. It drives me crazy. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> let's see. It just, uh, it, we end this minute with the shot through the window, which we've talked about a bit. There's only one little thing, which I guess we already talked about with the Spielberg anecdote, but just like the look on his face when he has one little moment looking out that window at uh, Mary Jane is one of my favorite shots of Peter Parker in this movie. It, he just like the little like smile. It's not quite a smile. It's just like a wonder and amazement, but it's not creepy and it could mm-hmm. so easily be creepy is great. And I think a lot about like, um, I did a, I did a short film once where we had a, a shot that wasn't exactly the same, but it was like, a character that my friend Heather was playing, like we had uh, had a big history together and she was like really close to me growing up and now I was getting married to this like other woman and like we wasn't sure whether or not my best friend from childhood, this girl I really grew up with, was going to be there and then she shows up at the end and like I'm already up at the altar, I'm looking out and I see her come in and we we did a couple takes of it where we were just like, okay, the camera's here, we're set up, like your eyeline's over here and let's play it out and... And it was fine. And, and then the director was like, do you want to like see? Because like, I think you look really cool in the shot. And I went and looked at it and I could tell I was like I was doing my best emotionally, but it's hard to like fake that moment of recognition. And mm-hmm. she said it looked fine and we we're ready to move on. But I was like, can we just 
like, what's Heather doing right now? Because she because she was in makeup for like the next scene or whatever. And they were like, just like go find her and like bring her in. Can we just do one where she literally just pops up and I see her? And I don't remember doing anything different. Like I didn't try to do anything different, but we watched that take back and she's like, yeah, that's it. Because you see mm -hmm. her and then mm -hmm. your your face changes. Because like at I was seeing like somebody that like we'd spent weeks together like working and rehearsing and like we'd like go out to lunch and like talk about stuff and like that our our director had like taken time to like make sure we had a real friendship before we had to have the friendship in the movie. And then mm -hmm. I was just seeing my friend there and it it worked. But like that that type of moment, that type of energy is one of the things I like about film where you can catch it and then you have it. And you don't have to like fake yeah. it the next night or something. I don't know. I just like that. Ah. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it is uh it is a good shot because it should be creepy and it's and it's kind of not. It's really just him looking at her and you know, before this, he's like, she is so far out of my league. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And now he wakes up with this new body and he's suddenly just like, today's the oh, day. this might, yeah, this yeah. might come in handy. Like, you know, I, I'm feeling more confident and, yeah. and, uh, oh yeah, that's, I've got something to be confident about. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Or confident toward or something. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a good moment that's sort of played perfectly. Yeah. I guess we'll see how it works out for him tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow with minute 20, but in the meantime, uh, if you want to, you want to go uh, check out uh, movies by minutes and check out the other uh, movies by minutes podcasts. And you can check out the other podcasts at duelinggenre.com, including geek by night with which uh, Jay co-stars in as Victor Conrad. Uh, so you'll want to, he, he, he shows up in episode three yes, and then uh, uh, continues on from there. So, yeah. um, so go check that out and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with minute 20. Bye. Bye.